0: SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. And we're back with another episode of the Underdog Dynasty Podcast AAC Edition. My name is, and that is Emily Van Buster. How are you doing today, Emily?
1: I'm definitely a little uh, chagrined, I think would be the word that would describe it because some things didn't go well this, this last week yeah. one for me. No, as, uh, uh, as Joe Brovac so kindly pointed out on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I need Joe a Bro- mental health Bro- check, a wellness check, please.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't 100% understand why you bothered to take USF. Neither did Eric Henry over with the CUSA show. Okay,
1: but you were on the podcast. You heard all of the rationale and it wasn't crazy. Like it wasn't one of those things where it's like I need to be locked away like no, we
0: both had, we both agreed that BYU would probably be taking a step back in USF. Mm-hmm. Should we taking a step forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might have different um, opinions now
1: that we're headed into week two. Um, I'm just like, what happened? Ugh. They. Yeah, we'll get into it, but that yeah. I that's. <laughs> That's where I'm at. It wasn't just that game, unfortunately. It was, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a whole a, boatload of them. So.
0: I've got picks records here. I'm gonna tell them a little bit, but uh, mine's okay. better than right now.
1: Well, yeah, I feel like that—that's always the case. Well, but there's some games that neither of us saw going the way they did. That's true. <clears> that's 100% maybe. True.
0: Yeah, that was ridiculous. So different. we're gonna break let's
1: down. dive into it.
0: Okay. Yeah, we're gonna try a little format buster here last year we always did the recap as its own show then the preview as its own show Mm -hmm. we are kind of held up for time this week i think so we're going to try to see if this version works a little bit better where we do them both in one big episode uh and we want to know how that works for people if it is too much at once we're talking too much it's ridiculous
1: Yeah. I mean, if you would rather hear the recap in one and the preview in a different one, because, you know, maybe you just want to know what happened or you want to hear what we have to say about the upcoming week, let us know if that's what you prefer. Or if it's helpful to have it all in one episode and you don't have to skip around, then we'll start doing that. But because Dan and I don't care and we can cut down on our bullshit. I can't. (laughs) Well, you'll have to you'll have to limit it. Limit the scope.
0: We have like a four hour show here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All um, right, well, let's dive into week one. It's yeah. depressing. I want to get it over with. So I'm going to
0: go in order here when okay. the game happened. I always go off schedules for the order. You know that. Mm-hmm. starts with UCF 56, South Carolina State 10. Uh, I
1: don't even feel like you have to talk about this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, UCF took care of business against the FCS school. Mm-hmm. Looked like they got pretty healthy. Kicking game still looks like it's an issue. Would have preferred a little bit better play from the offensive line. Yeah. What else is there to yeah. say? There was that really weird fake punt that SC State ran where the guy, the punter ran 12 yards, past the line of scrimmage, then kicked it. Really? Yeah. Out of necessity
1: know. or like? You can't. You can't. Oh, yeah. Well, we've all been there. So yeah. week one, man. It's all right. It'll be. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, okay.
0: Uh I don't know what else there's to say about
1: any and any particular stat line that stood out, or you know,
0: John Rice Plumlee had a Mm -hmm. heck of a game statistically. Yeah, his
1: name was popping up all over the place after that. So
0: yeah, Um, here, what was it exactly? I can pull that up super quick because yeah, it's 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, and another 86 yards on the ground would have been over 100 if you don't take sacks out of. Playing rushing yards uh, <laughs> but they do in college for whatever reason yeah again the big concern is the kicking game at UCF had a punt blocked had an or sorry had an yeah field goal that they missed right before the half those are things that have been an issue for a couple of years now and they don't seem like they're necessarily better right now which stinks but everything else looks really good uh next game up because there's no more reason to talk about that duke <laughs> temple zero uh. really uh just, I guess predictably rough start to an extent for the Drayton era, but they just looked outmatched physically and in every sense of the word, outmatched by Duke.
1: Yeah, and another one. I was very. This year. I was very upset about this game in that I obviously got too emotionally invested in Drayton and this Temple yeah. team. I just think
0: I. <sighs> I think it's fine to be emotionally invested in them. I think that the reality is that the roster is incredibly young and they're undersized and they need time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this one game is a referendum on Stan Draden at all. I just think it's a referendum on, I don't, if anything, it's another referendum on Rod Carey and what he left in the tank there.
1: Yeah. You think that that's still kind of lingering around? I think his roster management was abhorrent, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's
0: what you're looking at now. Uh, as a roster that needs to be fixed. And, you know, transfer portal, you can do it a little bit quicker than in the past.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. So, but, but it was just, it was so bad and it was so toxic that it, it maybe is a bigger hole than I realized that they're going to have to climb out of. So, and I really thought Duke wasn't going to be that comprehensive.
0: Uh, I, that's, I think my bigger concern is I don't know how many games Duke is going to this year. I don't think it's going to be that many. I don't think Duke's. You player. were not impressed with their play. And they looked fine. I just think that this was more about how long of a season it might be for Temple as they look to re, you mm. know rebound, versus yeah. what it as about Duke. If that yeah. Um, what
1: did you think about Dewan Mathis getting the start there, but then just not?
0: Yeah, I, I've seen enough yeah. to be honest. <laughs>
1: Do you think Duke we're? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm sure he looks good in practice. I know he's got every physical ability. Let someone else try. Because...
1: Not breaking 100 yards is tough. That, not and, that, and not far Temple far. tough. It's just tough.
0: It's <laughs> Iowa tough.
1: It's... it's hey, yeah. Uh,
0: I know, I know. I, I know.
1: I'm not going to stand any Spencer slander. I've seen too much of it. Okay. I don't want to hear it from anybody. It's week one. That's this is my other you thing.
0: Don't get to... When you don't score a touchdown on FCS team. No, you know.
1: but it's it's week one, all right. Like as much as we were saying that that's why teams are going to do well, that's also why teams do very poorly. It's the first time they're coming into contact with other teams and not against each other and in full, full go. So
0: and that's where that kind of old, I don't know if I'd call it a cliche, but that old thing saying, whatever you want to call it, goes where the most improvement you see out of any team in a given year is week one to week two.
1: Yeah. That's- 100% that's and then if you, you don't then you should be worried
0: but exactly, that's when you learn something about yourself in week one you go oh that like say our tight ends are an incredible strength we didn't realize that we even had they showed up in a way we weren't even saying, expecting we go mm-hmm. oh, man our linebackers can't cover at all that uh-huh. you know what I mean we thought they could now they, yeah. they can't like that's well, it.
1: but, but it's again, it, it's shaking off rust. It's, it's shaking off just camp. It's, I, I, I hate putting too much stock into these week one games. Cause there were some very disrespectful scores across the board this weekend. And I just don't want to sit here and and condemn teams, you know, too quickly. So. No, no, uh, You're 100% right.
0: That yeah. such a small sample size.
1: That's Do you give DeJuan to... Mathis another shot? Sure. But if he has another game like that, then I think you start looking at the young quarterbacks you have on your roster. I mean, you've got some good guys, maybe give them a shot and see who sticks. I guess you give him the FCS game next week, but like, I mean, I think you have to, I think you have to, I think you owe it to him for sticking through a program that he's stuck with.
0: I don't know that you owe it to him. I would almost rather you say, I think we've got this other guy who was second. You're <laughs> the FCS game to get loose for, and then, you know what I mean?
1: I don't know. I we'll have to see what, what Coach Drayton goes with. Are we uh, – yeah, that's – Yeah, we'll, we'll – uh, It's uh, tough. We'll talk about their next game, but, yeah, not not a great start for Temple last week.
0: No. Uh, you know what else was a bad start for, Emily? <laughs> Navy. Delaware 14, Maybe. Navy 7, started the game yeah. with a fumble. Uh, Jesus, that offense was bad.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: uh yeah. Infuriating offense to watch. Um I gotta put my <laughs> own mouth because I really thought Ty Lavate was gonna look good this year. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Five completed passes.
0: Yeah, and he just didn't look good. Yeah. He didn't look good. He didn't like he was running the offense efficiently. The whole offense looked like it was just out of sync, out of whack, did it, like like they didn't know what they were doing. Like it was the first year they've been told we're gonna run the triple now. Yeah. Uh there's a new rule about how and where you can cut block in college football that is supposed, from what I've heard, a major, major blow to the academy style of football. Yeah. Now, I don't pretend to know the exact intricacies of cut blocking. I do know it's a huge part of the triple. Do you think that's part of what we saw? There was a team trying to adjust to having to block differently because of the rules or what?
1: I know. I, I mean, again, I think it's week one. Just but
0: looking for an excuse for them.
1: I, I I don't know. I honestly I'm out of kind of answers for for what to think about Navy and because it, it's like obviously they're we know they're hindered in how they have to recruit and how they have to go about fielding a team. Okay, yeah. but Ken Nia Niamatolo, is a good coach, yeah, and he doing. and he's got a lot of staff around him that's good. So where is the disconnect? And, and again, it's too early to tell it's week one, whatever. We'll have to keep our eyes on how Navy progresses, although it's not going to get easier for them with this tough schedule. So that, that really was the kind must, of like,
0: kind of a must win game.
1: Yeah. Like a dipping the to toe win. into the water there. And yeah. I don't think any of us thought Delaware was going to win. Right. That was crazy.
0: A yeah, good FCS program, but FCS program all the same. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the only thing I can say, and I love coach Neil Matalolo. I mm-hmm. don't, think that they should move on from him but there's a time and place when it just ends between a coach and a program sometimes you know what i mean like there's just sometimes when the best coaches no longer have it the way they used to you know yeah 100 like, I mean, percent of bobby bowden's tenure at florida state's a great example it just wasn't the same as it was uh, yeah yeah nothing uh, gold
1: sticks all right so
0: tough yeah We'll keep an eye on them. Hopefully, they improve as the season goes on, though. Um, yeah. This next one to me was the heartbreaker of the day. It was <laughs> NC State 21, ECU 20. Uh, ECU was, <laughs> so. EC was the better football team in this game. They are better. Yes!
1: Around. NC State, yet again, overrated in, in the preseason. Just ridiculous. Their offense was terrible. I mean, I don't, I don't know if people are talking about their and quarterback completely. being –
0: all credit in the world to ECU secondary because they mm-hmm. put their chest down and said, You're not throwing on us.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: ECU made their kind of defense strategy was to make Devin Leary go through his reads, and he was having an impossible time finding guys open downfield.
1: Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, the offense was tough. The two goal line stands were just man up, tough, tough. Goal yeah. And, that defense, and that's the kind of, that's what Coach offense.
1: Houston said we would see.
0: Yeah, Ehlers got banked up. He was playing through that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your kicker misses an extra point to tie it. And then your defense... (laughs) I just can't believe
1: that Owen Daffer did that. What the heck?
0: They had a punt block that NC State returned for a touchdown. So special Mm -hmm. teams, a mess for the Pirates in this game. It cost them the game, special teams. Uh, The extra point, I I don't know, was laces in, not out was the issue. mm -hmm. I, you know, kickers to a T will tell you that that makes them miss kicks. Uh, I don't know. I guess the end of the game was just a bit of a head case the way kickers sometimes have head cases, you know?
1: Yeah. I just, I just was so unimpressed with Devin Leary's performance, especially given how everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be this big, you know, leap this year for Dave Doreen in his 10th season. I don't how, because, and again, and, and, Okay, week one, week one, whatever. But, like, it, they did not look like the a re- team that should be ranked that high.
0: I guess the reason people have been predicting them, if we're getting into it, is Clemson, you know the defense is elite, but what is DJ U.M. away? You're like, eh, who knows, and what are they doing on offense? Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami people like, but you go there probably a year away from being real scary. And then mm-hmm. who else is in the ACC? North yeah. Carolina, who doesn't play defense? Right. Virginia Tech, who sucks.
1: But that's my um, point is like what
0: Louisville who just got their bell rung by syracuse who didn't <laughs> anyone's bell. boston college lost to rutgers like who is that i know in? boston
1: like, college losing to rutgers man what is happening what is happening what was like week one was week one was on a bender like not even like drunk it was just like ayahuasca filled
0: like what's going on? i don't know i guess that's where the nc state love comes from. Is- Who else is all that scary in the ACC right now? It's, I mean, Clemson, but to an extent at this point. Mm -hmm. They're not Clemson, Trevor Lawrence era, you know. Um, So that's where I think the NC State love came from preseason.
1: Maybe. Like I said,
0: ECU is better on offense and better on defense than NC State, but special teams absolutely shot themselves in the foot with that. Uh, You have to feel sick if you're the Pirates. That being Mm -hmm. said... Shout out to the fans. Was Daddy Ficklin was full. Yeah. It was a great atmosphere.
1: They did a really uh, good job. And honestly, Daffer is going to, he'll get his, I mean, this is a guy who earned his scholarship after he kicked a 50 yard field goal, you know, to beat Navy last year. So it's not that he can't do these things. It was just, it's one of those things, you know? I
0: think he had the laces situation on the extra point that he missed. And then. I think, Means. the pressure and you just missed an easy kick, and you're probably in your head a little bit.
1: It's week one. Who knows? Just, not, it's just I'm week not a one.
0: Not You pushed it, you know. I, I just, he did. I'm not a kicking guru though, so
1: I just uh, give the win there to NC or to East Carolina because I just think they played better. I think Holt Aylers, It did take him a minute to settle in, but he looked good mm-hmm. i thought and um i think what what i was disappointed in though is that their run game wasn't as explosive as i thought it was going to be
0: I think that's um a nc state more than a- yeah a-
1: and that, that's probably a- true a- but i just really didn't see um you know mitchell get no. get loose little, or really
0: gain uh, anywhere on the ground
1: yeah, yeah so that was kind of where i'd like to see ecu push harder in the next yeah. game so that'll be For interesting sure.
0: uh we had this next one right though mm. arkansas 31 cincinnati twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah, Arkansas was bigger and stronger since a defense is still very good, that defense is still tough and fought. Ben Bryan ain't Desmond Ritter, though. No,
1: he's not, and I don't even think Desmond Ritter is like the best quarterback ever. But you know, he was, yeah,
0: he had accuracy issues in this game, especially Mm -hmm. like really bad accuracy issues, yeah. Um.
1: And it's hard to go against a guy like KJ Jefferson, who is a good quarterback and has been literally left out of the conversation in the SEC because it's Arkansas, which mm-hmm. is such BS. But he came into this game like with something to prove, having been left on off that preseason team. Okay, and mm-hmm. so as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh no!" Like whoever is going to quarterback for Cincy is not going to hold a candle to this this guy's performance. Oh. And Jefferson I mean, that- did not disappoint
0: yeah i mean tough road environment really good team that you're playing if you're to say there's not shame in the loss given everything did knock them out of the top 25 in the ap poll for the first time since early 2019 which i thought i don't know the ap poll i'm only so so on but yeah that was interesting to me i don't know also
1: um i'd like to point out that KJ Jefferson is of the high on the thickness quotient. So oh,
0: yeah. very, very difficult to... He's the guy who gets that easy Cam Newton comparison. Yeah. A big, strong guy who runs yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've Cam,
0: I've, he he's I... He's a unicorn, but a lot of these guys get that Cam Newton... Cam,
1: I didn't, Cam, I didn't think was... Cam didn't come off to me as thick. He may yeah. have been statistically like his weight and height ratio, but when I saw Cam Newton in person and on the field I, I, it didn't come to mind like you know like oh you're like Blake Bortles yeah, you know or Holt Naylor.
0: Well, yeah those guys are a little bit different but I think he falls on the thick. like
1: Cam was athletic but he wasn't yeah I think, like a beefcake I, I think he was thick too I,
0: I think I don't was, know I'd have to I'd so have to go look
1: at his his weight from Auburn I don't remember I think um, at Auburn
0: he looked thicker than in the NFL but so that's maybe point that point that's like probably true else. you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm but I think that's honestly why I like Jefferson um, a lot. But he he had such a good game. So that was just.
0: Yeah. No, there's no shame in that loss. It's out of conference. It doesn't affect most of Cincinnati's goals this year. Yeah, you're not going to make the 14 college football playoff with that loss no. on the road. Tough. Two missed field goals,
1: too, from my guy. Brian no, yeah, Coe, come is, on, man. I was pulling for you, and you missed two field goals. One from 25 team. yards. <laughs>
0: Becoming a theme of the episode, special teams killing ACC's. Or
1: yeah, a- it's not good. All
0: jumbled now. No, it, it was rough, the special teams this week. Um, moving on to what might have been the game of the day, might or week, uh, Houston 37, mm. UTSA 35, and triple OT. Yeah. Dana Holgerson says there's not going to be a Red Bull vodka safe within whatever <laughs> radius he's in. <laughs> um had to come from behind had to come from behind to beat UTSA in what was again an awesome environment for the Roadrunners future AAC school right there um just a fun game to watch I think Mm -hmm. I was scared that they were going to do the same thing they did last year which is boot like beef the first game of the season and then just be like yeah
1: I think a well, lot of people were worried about that <laughs> after, after the way that one started, but uh, Houston, they came in and they ended UTSA's 10 game winning streak at the Alamodome, which we love to see. It's a tough place to play. It is hard. They were the first visiting team to win at the Alamodome since October 17th, 2020, when Army went in and beat them 28 16
0: so. yeah. And Dell found the end zone a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they ran the ball pretty well. I would have liked to, I think, see Brad played in tune. Is that fair? Because he did a lot. It's not like he did nothing, but like mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting him to be like the world on fire from the word go.
1: Yeah.
0: He took a little while to get going, you know. It did. You know, won the game, though, and that's what's important when you have New York Six aspirations like Houston does.
1: Yeah.
0: Come week 12, 13, 14, that's what people remember is that they won. Uh, it's just a W in the win column. Uh, <laughs> one team that didn't get a W in the win column, Tulsa. Wyoming, 40. Oh, Tulsa, 37. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> the passing game was on fire for Tulsa.
1: I was listening to that game on the radio when I was driving up to Stanford to watch them play Colgate. And it was so funny to, to not be able to see it, but to listen on the radio. And I got to tell you, I was having like panic attacks because I really thought they had this one. I was very, very upset that they let Wyoming in like that because they're, I think they were clearly the better team Mm -hmm. and they outplayed Wyoming. They just can't do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not overly impressed with Wyoming to be honest with you, but it's like self-inflicted wounds. Like when I turned that game on, I was watching Dave, a Davis friend like fumble go for a touchdown. Mm, you know, yes. It's the self-inflicted stuff. Uh, I'm also a little bit concerned, I don't know if you are, with the complete lack of running game that Tulsa had in this one. <laughs> the uh, yeah. That concerns me. They had 61 rushing yards on the day. I mean, don't get me wrong, bring lit the world on fire through the air, but this yeah. is a team that we've talked about this in recent years has made a name for themselves as being a defensive team that wins in the trenches. Mm -hmm. It didn't look like that. They looked a little bit more spread air ready than I think.
1: Yeah. I I mean, 460 yards in the air, three touchdowns. So three receivers with over a hundred yards, Keelan Stokes, Malachi Jones, Juan Carlos Santana. So
0: Stokes had a massive, massive game. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But, I don't know what to make of Tulsa as of right now. I think they should have won this game. I think they're the better team. They lost. Yeah. The I think they've got some stuff they need to work on. Yes. Kind uh, of do a nice little transition here. To Speaking of stuff they need to work on, BYU 50, USF 21. Emily, you picked USF to win. Thoughts after the game?
1: Was, uh, first of all, this, the lightning delay. Like just from like yeah that. really long lightning delay super upsetting um so that obviously didn't that didn't do anybody any good because you were hoping that if you're if you're usf that that game kicks off on time in the end of the day heat there instead you get this storm like environment you, you mm. wait around you know you get all those like they almost kicked off and then they announced it like close to kickoff so these guys had gone through the the warm up <laughs> oh, and yeah. they were yeah,
0: yeah, it was awkward, but both teams went through the same thing as far as the storm. Buildings. I know. twenty.
1: Uh, I just feel like USF is a team being like younger and also of the more athletic nature that they're very adrenaline based. And that's kind of where when you've seen them succeed is when they get on those rolls and they're just running on pure adrenaline sometimes. And so, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but my feeling with them is that they're the kind of team that revs it, revs it, revs it ready to go. And the fact that they had to then sit for a while probably did not help, you know, clearly for them to come out swinging because they that. did not.
0: <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm so unimpressed with the play calling and the play design it just look predictable and bland the running game was non-existent. They couldn't throw downfield with any consistency. Uh, I don't think Well Hannon's a bad quarterback, but I don't think he played particularly well either. Yeah. Um, you know, they had just very little to show on either side of the ball. I
1: mean, they Jimmy Horn, down. give Jimmy Horn some preps. Yeah, some props. Yes, 89-yard kickoff return. To start I, that I
0: like so. him. he's a player who should be at UCF right now just given what high school he went to and the talent oh, that he he shouldn't sorry. have made it
1: out
0: of. he went to yeah he's from Stanford he uh, should not have made it out of that area that was a Josh Heupel mistake because Josh Heupel didn't really love recruiting Florida for whatever reason didn't know it mm-hmm. um that's a sidetrack that I don't need to get down on I just the good news is it looks. USF is moving forward. They're on campus stadium. Yes, that is good news. Pitches are happening. Uh, Hopefully, they get that sorted because this was a mess. And the bad
1: news is that Scott is now three and nineteen as head coach at USF, and people are going to start.
0: Yeah, one and nineteen against FBS schools.
1: Yeah, so they're going to start writing, and it's not going to get easier. And I know this wasn't an easy place for him to start, but it's more optically that this I, is bad for him. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not worried about the team being bad because BYU is clearly a good team. That was going to be a hard game, but optically the, the chasm in the score, the way that, like you said, the play calling and, and the obvious gap, that's what looks bad. You know, it's going to be hard to explain that.
0: Yeah. You know, that's the thing is I said, when we previewed USF, Mm -hmm. I love what Jeff Scott's done off the field Mm -hmm. for the program. He's building it and all the ways you need to build it at some point. That's not going
1: to matter at some point. (laughs) At some point you need to win a game.
0: And he is not winning games. He's not just not winning games. He's getting his ass kicked.
1: Yeah, that was not great. Um, But, you know, plenty more chances to prove people wrong. So,
0: yeah, plenty more, but running out at this point, I'd say.
1: Oh my God. He has got, only place to go is up for USF. So let's leave it at that.
0: You forget that I, along with UCF, root for UMass. And (laughs) sometimes there's plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Two lane 42, UMass 10.
1: Were you, wait, I have to ask you a question. Were you excited that UMass put 10 points on the board? Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. I thought that UMass's defense looked much improved from last season, and that ain't saying mm-hmm. much because they had tackling issues and they had front seven issues Where Michael Pratt. If they did get pressure, Pratt just, like, ran away from him. They're like, I don't know mm. how he did that. A magician.
1: <laughs> he's not, um, but the thing is, he's not even that quick, so it's like, that's not, I mean,
0: not, UMass not great. UMass is awful at quarterback. Just awful. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to just crap on UMass right now because we knew yeah. coming into this game. Do you
1: think that Tulane looked... So I guess my question to you is knowing what you know about UMass uh, because you are an aficionado, do you think Tulane looked good or UMass just made them look better than they are and when they play somebody else we're going to see that I is mean, my question.
0: I think it looked the same way it would look if, you, if they are playing an FCS school is really the truth. If that was like southeastern Louisiana, that's exactly okay. how the game should have looked. I think that Uh,
1: so do you think that we're going to see a a less
0: business, but I think it's hard to Mm -hmm. judge whether or not they were doing things well, or UMass was just being itself.
1: Do you think that when we see them come play like a, an, an AAC opponent that it's not going to be as easy for them? Do you, I mean, I guess it's too hard to tell from that game, but do you think that they made strides?
0: Yeah. Small sample sizes. They were doing the things Mm -hmm. they were supposed to They weren't making mistakes. They weren't shooting themselves in the foot. That's good. Um, I think those are what you take away. I thought that they looked a lot cleaner than they had last season in terms of their just the way they ran the program, the way things were going. You know, Mm -hmm. I would say that Tulane's in a better spot than they were last year, but again, the sample size is so small that I would hesitate to predict what they look like when they run into Tulsa or Memphis or a mid level team in the AAC, you know.
1: Well, one note for quarterback Michael Pratt, he has thrown at least one touchdown pass in 21 of his 22 career games after his two touchdown performance in the win this weekend. I don't know why that stat is included and or impressive, but apparently if you throw at least one touchdown in almost all of your career games, that's something to celebrate. And I don't mean to sound like a brat when I say that, I just don't understand why that's a stat.
0: Can I tell you why we should celebrate that a little bit? Because I want to read you the UMass quarterback lines from this game. <laughs> they played two quarterbacks. Hey. Uh, anyway. The first was Brady Olson. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a sophomore now starter for la- from last season. This was UMass starting quarterback all last season, Brady Olson. He was okay. two for five for five yards and an interception. Mm. Let me say that again. So when he started but, with two for five with five yards. Okay. But
1: now first. you're click click on his name and tell Wait, me what his, like, did he throw touchdowns last year?
0: No, I watched him last year. No, he didn't. So he, he
1: had, he though. had no touchdown. And he had none in I mean, any game last year.
0: No, that's not none. Um, he,
1: okay. Well, that's my point. Is that like,
0: he's just not I good. He had, uh, <laughs> he had eight touchdowns last year. Um, so like, that's, that's a lot, like there. Juno you know Campiotti, the backup, was two for six for twelve yards mm-hmm. and two interceptions in this game. That's yeah. I, I'm trying I mean, to get okay, at. What this is, UMass is so bad that I don't think there's anything you can take away from it if you're Tulane. Okay,
1: well, it's just it's, at least I guess it's it. good that Tulane came out and didn't make mistakes, even though you easily could make mistakes in a game against lower competition. And the fact that they stayed sharp is good, right?
0: Yeah, you know what this game was. This game was a flaming bag of dog shit showing up on your doorstep, and you've got two options, accidentally step in it or take care of it the way you need to take care of it. They took I feel care like of
1: Tulane it. fans were probably happy, and I think there was a lot of people there, so, you know, whatever. Good, yeah. good for them.
0: You did what you had to do. Yeah, that, okay. No quick judgments on it. Uh, Mississippi State 49, Memphis 23, and it wasn't that close.
1: <laughs> so – let me preface this game with, I was supposed to be at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, could not get out of the Bay Area. There was a pilot strike that started Friday. Nice. And couldn't couldn't get a flight. Could not get on a flight to get to Starkville. Tried everything I in my power. Tried going to other cities, driving. What?
0: Uh, the pilot strike. Tell me more about it because I have to fly in about a week and a half.
1: Yeah, so definitely keep your eye on your flights and make sure you check in. This is like good advice for everybody. If you do not check into your flight 24 hours beforehand, they will, they can give your seat away, even though you have a paid and confirmed seat. So, everybody out there, make sure you check into your flight at the 24 hour mark because your seat can't be given away because they are overselling the shit out of these flights and there's just not enough pilots. So couldn't make it to Starkville really upset about it. But my dad asked me to go with him to the Stanford Colgate game. So I did get to watch one more season opener with my dad, which was, which is awesome. It was very special. And I avoided the three hour lightning delay that happened in Starkville, where the game didn't like, start until nine o'clock at night. Well, yeah. The
0: had like started so, and they played like a couple minutes and then there was a three hour lightning delay, which is, I yeah. think, so much worse than right before you kick off.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because like I was sitting there being really bummed out and I had one of the grad assistants from uh, Memphis text me from the field. He sent me like a picture and he's like, oh, are you here? And, you know, I had to explain what happened and they had done their special ritual, which I'm going to do a story about. So I'm not going to say it here, but I'm doing a story about grad assistants and and their like routines and rituals. And they're a really interesting bunch, but I was so upset. And then that lightning delay hit and I was like, Oh my God. Yes. But anyways, this game, super bummer. If you're a Memphis fan, Mm, actually really great. If you like touchdowns and Mike Leach offense.
0: But speaking of grad assistants, and you might know more about this than me, Mm -hmm. I believe your boy, Jim Harbaugh, at Michigan just has the first uh, female grad assistant on his staff this year.
1: I didn't, I don't, I did not know that. I'll have to check. I think I saw
0: that last Saturday. I might be wrong, so don't quote me, but I think that's worth checking out if you're doing something on like gratis.
1: I definitely will check that out. And I know we're doing something at Underdog Dynasty coming up soon about women who work with football programs. I'm going to be moderating a really cool special podcast episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. So, yay, women in sports. But
0: absolutely. Um, uh, and back yeah. to the scheme that was 35 to three at one point. Um,
1: <laughs> Just terrible. I mean, and the the thing is the
0: lightning delay took the crowd out of it in large part. It was much subdued after that. Well, that's good. That's good for Memphis. I actually think it's bad for Memphis. You can't blame
1: the crowd for how incompetent you are. Like I'm trying Will to Will Rogers he, really, he really he, he's like, I, I know. I was surprised. Yeah. Like I've been hearing he's good. And obviously my friend Chrissy Freud, like she talks about him a lot. I was not a believer, but then I see the stat line from this game, and I'm like, "This is the 14th time in his three-year career that he's notched over 300 yards, and his sixth 400-yard game." What?
0: I mean, the who is this man? raid inflate statistics. We know that. I mean, Uh, but but if
1: if you can execute an aerial offense, that you deserve the statistics.
0: And he's absolutely doing a good job executing it. And it's his third Mm -hmm. year, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Mike Leach and Mississippi are going to put up a lot of points this season on a lot of teams. Mm. Their defense has all the SEC talent in the world. You beat them last year, though, and they kicked the snot out of you this year. Yeah, I thought they it were looked mad. like they just had no idea who their playmakers were. Um, mm. mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, that's something we talked about. Do you have a player fill the hole of playmakers you lost, mm-hmm. or does everyone elevate to a higher level than they were before, and it looked like they chose neither? Mm. At least in the game, yeah. again, superior talent at the very raw end of the spectrum. You know, what I mean, if you just look at recruiting rankings, you know, composite rankings. Yeah, Mississippi State had a lot more talent, and that showed. But there's yeah. more building a program than physically having that initial recruiting talent. You have to develop too. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think Seth Hendigan looked bad. I thought he looked stranded.
1: Yeah, it, but his stat line was abysmal: 165 yards, 19 of 30.
0: Yeah. It was it's mediocre, just but I, that's my point. is I think that there was no one there to help him out. Yeah. I thought he looked like he was let out there to die basically. Oh
1: boy. My the the thing that concerned me the most was that Memphis gave up 32 first downs, right? Yeah. Which not I ideal so. for a defensive team, but totally then to fine. then to register just 13 of your own. Okay, so it's one thing if you want to give up first downs, okay? But you can't have it both. You can't do both. You can't hemorrhage first downs and then not get any yourself. Like, that's an insane ratio.
0: Can I tell you the time of possession in this game? (laughs) Mississippi State had 41 minutes and 11 seconds worth of possession. 41 minutes. That's, like, beyond what Navy hopes to get in the the given game. Yeah. It's incredible amounts of ball control. It's It's crazy. A team that stood no chance and – it's a shame because I think of Memphis as a team that, no matter who they're playing, is plucky and will get in your face and isn't afraid mm-hmm. of you. They're brawlers you. usually.
1: Like yeah, they'll, they yeah.
0: They can run with you, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because they're going to score. And their Memphis will get theirs, even if the defense shows up the way they showed up in this game. Mm-hmm. Memphis will get theirs. Has always been the way it's been. They've yeah. always been playmakers. They've, and you know, it looks like they don't have that same. No, it looked like they rolled over to me
1: get ready for the ryan silverfield hot seat yeah. all the talk all talk, of
0: the smoke talks about the issues that jeff scott has ryan silverfield inherited a much much better situation and it's gone. yeah at
1: least jeff scott has that going for him is that he's not ryan he silverfield
0: <laughs> jeff scott inherited a bad situation and is failed to make it better on the field i think he's made it better off the field uh ryan silverfield inherited a pretty damn good situation out on the field and has made it mm. mediocre. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully mediocre this season, not worse. Oh boy. Um
1: all right, last one. Let's get it over with because I hate myself yeah, for this we'll do one this as well.
0: Super quick because I mostly want to hear what you have to say. SMU Forty Eight, North Texas Ten. Emily, you're
1: so mad. I'm, I'm upset. I took I took this I took this game very personally because, as you know, the day before, I wrote a little feature um, having interviewed Seth Patrell. Mm-hmm. If you're a you know, North Texas fan, you should check it out because he, he's not notoriously a talker. He does not open up to the media very much, but you know, we have bonded over golf. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him to say some things about this rivalry. And, you know, he's, he's been at North Texas for seven years and on average, that's more than any other college there. And so I'm just like thinking experience wise, how good they look last week. This is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. And I can't yeah, tell no. you how much it hurts t- to be wrong this much yeah. this week.
0: <laughs> this is a game you're going to have the chance to pick year after year, though, because North Texas is moving to the AAC. So one of these yeah. years, you're going to nail it.
1: I don't think so. I think I'm just I think I'm uh, just you know, what? I was surprised that SMU came out at I mean, I we we know it's going to be good. We know Brett Lashley's a good coach. We know that they have athletic talent. I mean, good Christ, he has 22 wide receivers listed on the roster. So it's like we you know what you're getting with SMU. I just didn't think they're going to put it together that quickly and that well. So
0: Yeah. I know I mean, you were less
1: surprised, I was, so. so.
0: I was less surprised. Maybe right. a little surprised by the margin, a little surprised by how well the defense turned out. Mm-hmm. Um those are big positives for me from SMU. Uh but I think there was just a talent gap here the same way we talked about the talent gap between say Cincinnati and Arkansas, you know, mm-hmm. as, as they turn things over or we just did with Mississippi state Memphis. SMU the better team paper yeah. um, and they just went out and improved it. I think it helps that the offensive scheme didn't change that much. So it wasn't like a huge get your right. feet you game. It was still similar enough. I think all those things were factors. Um, yeah, I was surprised by how much they won by, but not mm-hmm. that by a chunk.
1: I was really surprised that North Texas's offense didn't fire I, the way that it did the prior week. And not I, that
0: Yeah, I thought 35-24 was a more realistic final score than this, but I did think that SMU had a couple score. I thought SMU was gonna win. Yeah.
1: I'm just glad they didn't drop 50 on them. So yeah.
0: I always BYU. The, I always want the 50 burger. No. UCF had a 50 burger. Nom, nom, nom.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: All right, let's
1: yeah, dive yeah. into the preview section of the podcast.
0: Yes, with our people.
1: I like think we should have like music or like sound effect to dun, 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 like dun, cowbells dun. or something Wonder. to like. Now we're in the preview section. Here's week two.
0: Uh, my dog's sleeping, so she's not going to give us a howl or something.
1: Oh, sh- we should get her to like howl like little.
0: Oh! She's like 10 weeks old, so it's rare when you get any noise out of her right now. At all? I mean, very rare. Does it
1: bark? Does she know how to bark?
0: Yeah, she barks once or twice a day. It's just not a consistent oh my thing. God. That's nice for you. Oh, not for long. We'll see what happens. Now she's moving. She's <laughs> off to the water bowl. Aw. She doesn't know I pulled it up because it's too late at night for her to drink water. Otherwise oh, she- look
1: at you being a responsible dog owner. All right. AAC week two. God help me. I need to do better in my picks this week. What do you got for the first game?
0: You're going to love it. It's Louisville at UCF Friday night. I
1: do love that game.
0: Uh, tell me, what do you think, Emily? You're
1: just lucky I'm not going because clearly it is not good luck for UCF when I'm in the building for this Louisville yeah. game. So you're welcome yeah. ahead of time.
0: Well, you know, you're just doing your duty to the podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to help. No, I think Louisville – Um, I I tend to like Satterfield coach teams. I, I like Louisville. I think that he – I want to like Louisville. I want him to do a good job there. But I think as we saw already that it's not going that way. So what I, I don't think it's going to go well.
0: What happened against Syracuse? Yeah. So
1: Syracuse that's
0: was a what, team where everyone's like, yeah, Dino yeah. Done after this year, it's at the end of its rope. Right. And then they blew out Louisville and you're like, Oh, maybe they've got a little bit more in the tank. And you're going, but hey, Satterfield. <laughs> that's not good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously Louisville won this game last year at Louisville. Malik Cunningham is still a really talented dual threat. Uh, UCF's the better team by a wide margin, Mm -hmm. uh, on paper at least. Yeah, Uh, It's at home, should be a very loud, raucous environment. Hot and humid like you read about on a Friday night in September. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, I don't want to get hung up talking about how much I like UCF right now. But I think they should. They win. look
1: good. They look like they have not figured out, and Louisville does not. So, and then you add coming into the bounce house, like no shot. Yeah, I'm picking be. UCF.
0: Yeah, so am I. UCF by a couple scores.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty ugly Revenge to be honest. On the Knights'
0: mind, healthy, <laughs> I mean, healthy in a way they weren't healthy last year at all. Looking for. I'm pretty
1: sure my title for the article last year was that. Um, Louisville spoils UCF's like white night because I think they wore white uniforms. They
0: white. Yeah, they did wear white. Yeah. Um, I'm so clever. Both Isaiah Bowser and Dylan Gabriel both went down with injuries in that game against Louisville. Yeah. It was crazy. Freak ending. And I just, I don't see it going down that way again. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll move over to Saturday now.
1: Yes. Let's do it.
0: Saturday, two o'clock is our first kick. Lafayette <laughs> at Temple. <laughs> Lafayette beat Sacred Heart six to nothing in their first game. Mm. And you want to talk about wholly unwatchable, six nothing FCS football. Um, Yeah. Temple, you do have to win this game. Lafayette's a Patriot League school, uh, and they're not the top of the Patriot League either.
1: Wait, time out for one second. I forgot to tell you in the Louisville UCF game, UCF is only favored by six and a half.
0: I think it's a little disrespectful.
1: I think it's really disrespectful, and I'm not a big betting person, but I'm gonna give you all a tip: take the over in that I, game.
0: I like the points, and I like, yeah, I'm fine. With that insane,
1: one. six and a half. Take the over, and also take the points, and yeah, and you. There you go. That's crazy. I'm sorry, I just had to say that. That's gonna be like a two or three score game. So, I'm, anyways.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Back to uh, Lafayette, Lafayette Temple. At, Lafayette Temple. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of time about, but what you do at quarterback if you're Temple? Do you stick with Mathis or do you try something new? we I'm did, gonna, we did talk about that. New camp. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try something new, Camp. This is the game I would almost look at as week one if I was Stan Drayden, and I would try something new. And it's against a mediocre FCS team, and I mm-hmm. would say, all right, we're going to break in who we're going to play going forward. We're going to look to the future and just admit that. Dwan Mathis is not the future at quarterback. Right. And we're going to let whoever that next guy up is take his lumps in this game, which you should win without worrying. You should be able to win this game with a running back at quarterback. You know? Yeah. Um, they shouldn't score on you. They're bad at (laughs) offense they are very bad at offense you should be able to shut them out shutouts are very difficult but that's how bad like i'm talking about their offense um
1: well this is another first year head coach team how many of these teams are they going to play like crazy
0: yeah uh it's tough yeah i mean again it's tough to predict anything perfectly lafayette is an eastern pennsylvania school though so you do want to keep those little guys in their place Uh, Mm um Yeah.
1: I will say this for ever. the Leopards. Right. The,
0: Just, yeah, the Leopards. The
1: La, the Lafayette Leopards, uh their head coach John Troxell, mm-hmm. he's like I said he's in his first season and one of the fun notes I read about this team because I'm sure people don't know much about them is that he brought the a bell to the mm-hmm. sideline. And so in lieu of a turnover chain which we've seen a lot of teams do. We've seen teams do all kinds of turnover whatever shenanigans. He remember. brought a bell. Hey. And a player gets to ring the bell after securing a tur- turnover or scoring a touchdown or hitting a field goal. So basically any life celebrating moment on the football field, you get to ring this bell, um, which I think is kind of neat. It's simple. I like it. And a fun fact about that is they have a wide receiver, Joe Gillette, who just finished cancer treatment this past right. summer. And he was the first person to ring the bell on the Friday walkthrough before the season opener. So, Well,
0: good for Good and that's them. kind of
1: where it comes from, because if you know anything about those going through cancer treatment, ringing a bell at the hospital is kind of a symbolic part of the end of cancer mm-hmm. treatment. So um, that's why he was chosen to ring the bell first. So I thought that was a really.
0: Yeah, for sure. Heart touching uh, note. I have something to say about the nickname Leopards. Oh, I appreciate okay.
1: it. Oh, I, OK. I
0: appreciate it because a lot of teams choose to name themselves after a big cat of some kind of mm-hmm. some time, right. And so many people go the lazy route and choose lion or tiger. Yeah, I like to see a little bit of variety in my big cat nickname. Yeah, uh, you know the, you got the Vermont catamounts, which I appreciate, but or cougars, another very common one. Cougar. The
1: bobcats, Montana State. Mm-hmm.
0: Bobcats. Uh, can't think of any cheetahs offhand. Ooh, there's got to no. be a cheetah out there, but that.
1: There's the, a mountain lion. Who
0: is the mountain lion? Well, the catamounts a mountain lion. That's Vermont, but. I know, um, but there is a
1: there is a college football mascot that's a mountain lion. Hold on.
0: I mean, there's the Nittany lion, which is literally a made up type of lion. Right, the Nittany lion. <laughs> um, oh,
1: yeah it's, yeah. it's UCS, wait, UCCS, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Clyde the, the mountain lion. All right. They're the mountain lions. So there you go. I knew there was one. I go through so many rosters and schools. Like I've seen literally, I can name, we play this game when we're playing drinking games and um, you know how like in King's cup, you have like categories. I always do college football mascots because you can literally name a team and I, or, or a mascot and I'll be able to tell you. Mm -hmm which is which because i it's like a passion of mine but anyways
0: it's like a bar trick uh by the way university of north carolina school of the arts are the cheetahs that's the biggest there
1: you go okay
0: at a a glance biggest brand i can find that's love
1: that love that for them all right so are we both taking temple yeah but i'm not like just you have to you have to take them
0: you just have to win this game if you're you have to it's inexcusable to lose it yeah um Next. Next up, 330 kick, Kennesaw State, Cincinnati, yellow triple action coming to town. That's no fun on the old knees. Before, After a really tough physical game, you're going to get another one. At least this one's FCS level. Uh, <laughs> you're the- tough on the old knees. <laughs> it's tough on the old knees. Uh, you know, Cincinnati it's is so weird. by far the more talented team in this Yeah. Uh, you saw last week all the things that you think you need to work on when you're playing a very good team in Arkansas. Now go work on them. Take care of business. when pretty easily, I'd say. Anything mm. wrong with that? Am I crazy?
1: Um. No. Yeah. I guess. I don't think they've. They've We're only watching. played. They've only played four times, so this will be the. This will be their, f- oh no, this is the fourth meeting with an FBS team in their program history. So, days. yeah.
0: Weird. not Can you see more of those games, yeah. games where they get their money from FCS teams, a huge part of their budgets from these types of games?
1: Do you think that the the Bearcats are just going to go ham like after yeah. that loss? Like yeah. they're just
0: going gonna... to be a pretty big beatdown, similar to what UCF did to South Carolina State last week.
1: Especially at home, good lord, I would want to play at Nippert. Yeah, it's going to be fifty something
0: to like under ten. You know, they
1: they have won twenty seven straight games, which which is the second longest active home winning streak in the FBS, behind only
0: home winning streak
1: in the FBS, probably Alabama. Clemson with 34. Mm. Yeah. So Uh, they'll be looking.
0: Uh, Alabama lost to LSU Joe Burrows here. That's right.
1: Kennesaw state coming off a 27, 17 Thursday night game at Sanford. Uh, So that's not great. And
0: wait, they're coming off of what game
1: where they, they lost uh, to Sanford. Is that not correct? Sam Sanford. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Is sorry. that not right?
0: No, i am sure it's now you're right. making I mean. me now you're I did look up. Yeah, Sanford
1: 2717. They played last Thursday at Sanford S A M F O R D. Yeah, I
0: heard um,
1: you. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, they run uh like you said, the triple option, uh similar to when they play Navy. So obviously it's not fun to prepare for and not fun to play against, but I don't think it should do anything to slow down Cincinnati, um, especially after coming off of that first loss. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and pick Cincy there.
0: And I can get weird on us on this one.
1: Nope. Not on that one.
0: How about this next one? Also a 3:30 kick Memphis at Navy.
1: Oh God. I honestly don't know how to like choose this game. I don't, I don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's talk about Navy. You need to figure it out on offense. Memphis, you need to figure it out on defense. Mm Hmm when a movable force beats, uh, meets a- uh, <laughs> Immovable object. No, no, that's immovable object and like unstoppable force. It's a- Oh, you know, oh you're
1: saying movable. Okay.
0: When a movable makes... force meets a stoppable object or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't
0: know. I don't know how to reverse the saying right now. I've got a dog nine on my hand. <laughs>
1: um, All right, well, I'll tell you this. If, if, if Navy were to win this game, they would need to do it in the first half. Because that's clearly Memphis's weakness right now. They were outscored by Mississippi State 28 to three in that loss. Um, so mm-hmm. if Navy could get out early and get it together, which we we did not see from them last game, but if they work out the kinks in this week in practice and are able to get that together and start quickly, I think that's Ken Nemo Tololo's best bet here in beating this Memphis team, um, especially yes. at, you know, at home.
0: So I- would tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, no, it's tough. I don't see a Navy it. It's not game. fun. I just because they're so far behind where I thought they were, and I'm just and until you prove to me that you're better than the team you were last week, if you're Navy, I have to think that you're yeah. the team you were last week, which is an egregiously bad team on offense, where Memphis by happenstance should score more than you do. by accident
1: yeah but i will say this like you were saying the the time of possession was a big issue for memphis they couldn't stay on the field they were three of 12 on third down tries um and i think that's going to make it hard to find success against navy's defense who is not
0: yeah bad bad. but and also Talk about different styles one week to the next, going from Mike Leach's airway to Mm Kenya Makalou's triple. Yeah. One week to the next. That's a full 180. And know, just as different as college offenses can be to prep for. It's not particularly easy to make a shift like that if you're uh, Memphis's defense.
1: No. Memphis is favored in this game by six. So um, take that for what you will.
0: I think it's about fair. I have a. This is always an interesting game every year to me, the Memphis Navy game, because mm-hmm. Navy will randomly snake bite Memphis when they shouldn't be able to. Yeah, um, it's at Navy. It's tough. I don't know that I can. Like I said, I don't think I, in good conscience, can pick Navy until they prove they're not the team they were against Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm picking Memphis. But I don't love picking Memphis because I'm really mad at them for how they performed against Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, this is a it's a lose against, lose yeah, honestly here. Against
0: the Bulldogs, I knew Memphis was or knew I felt very strongly that I knew Memphis was going to lose that game. Mm. I just hated this how, one. You don't know. I just hated how easy they let Mississippi State make it. I don't know. I think yeah. Memphis. I'm, okay you
1: don't have to keep rationalizing it we get it stop talking yourself into it you're fine uh I'm gonna go navy just to keep things interesting and because I feel like they're gonna come back with a vengeance here because they have to (laughs) there's just really no other that's it and I I believe in coach Niamatololo over coach Silverfield so
0: I agree with that I do agree with that. Uh, All four, right. Yeah, four o'clock. We've got Houston at Texas Tech rematch from last season in the game Houston should have won. What you forgot to say
1: number 25 ranked Houston.
0: Excuse me. 25th ranked Houston. I am so sorry. That's down. 25th
1: 25. ranked on the polls, number one in your hearts, Houston.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Texas Tech this season?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't watch. Um, their game over Murray State. So. Why would you?
0: Um, interesting though, Tyler Shue went down with an injury. He's not going to be available for this game. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's worth noting. Well,
1: maybe maybe that's why the line has moved. Um, Texas Tech is favored by three. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> that means it's a pick 'em game because at home you get three points more or less in those Vegas spreads. So it's really so even. It, if, if this was a neutral site, it would, it'd basically be a pick 'em. Is what that means.
1: Which is crazy to me because Houston is ranked.
0: I'm Like yeah, I, I don't 100% get that. I get it's probably related yeah. to the way last year's game went. If I had to take a guess.
1: I mean, yeah, um, but that's so stupid. That's lazy.
0: Well, come on, odds makers. Know. I, I mean, I think another way of looking at it and I don't agree with this because I think UTSA is a great program is Houston just struggled against an unranked conference USA school. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's on the road. I mean, those are the things you'd look at if you're trying to poke holes in Houston, but I honestly, I think Houston's more talented than Texas Tech is. And I think Mm -hmm. as long as they, come out stronger than they did against UTSA, they should be fine. You know, I think they just need to come out and be confident early, aggressive early, and not Mm -hmm. lose their heads. Uh, And just play within themselves, I guess, is the best way to put it. Instead of doing that thing where you can sometimes do where you get tight in a game like this, where you really want it because of last season you can feel how important it is. No, Houston should Mm -hmm. not There's no reason they shouldn't.
1: I think they're going to win. I'm going to pick them. But I think something they need to watch, uh, Texas Tech running back Sir Roderick Thompson is going to be picking up more of the slack with Tyler Shue out. So I would definitely, if I'm Houston, keep an eye on the run game as that's going to be something that they will lean on a little bit more, um, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm not a coordinator, so take that for what you will. But I do think Houston wins because I don't think there's any way that they let this come between them and they, another they a season lie. again.
0: Yeah, I don't think they let Texas Tech be the slip up two years in a row. Right. No,
1: I just no. it's just unlikely, but you know it is it is in Lubbock. So, oh, yeah, and definitely. I've been to Lubbock. It's but I mean I don't know good what good. that I don't know if the environment's still good, but it has been traditionally like good every time yeah. I've been. Yeah.
0: Throwing tortillas on the field like complete psychopaths. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Who doesn't love Lubbock. Um, I love Lubbock. <laughs> so we're both on Houston,
1: though. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going Houston. I really hope I don't jinx that for them. But well, I think I think they're going to, it's going to be better than last week. Last week, people don't realize, like you said, UTSA is a good team. Um, I,
0: I think UTSA gets blown off by a lot of people now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Jeff
1: Trailer is a great coach, you know, so it's, it it was not an easy game to win for your first one, you know? So I think people don't understand that. Is it disconcerting they go into triple overtime? Yeah, it is, but they didn't lose. So you got to give them points for the grit. And now they're going to be super pissed going into this game, which is like a grudge match game. So I think they're going to pull it out.
0: I think so too. Uh, Six o'clock. Interesting game. Old Dominion at ECU. Uh, both teams- you know the
1: ECU is favored by 12 and a half
0: points. I agree. I agree with that.
1: What? Really? I,
0: I agree with that. Um okay. I was not particularly impressed with old Dominion last week. I know they beat Virginia Tech. But I was just way less impressed with Virginia Tech, to be honest. I mean, Virginia Tech... <laughs> it's a Tech big deal for Old Dominion, ball. though. I don't, I don't, it is. But Virginia Tech, like, literally snapped a field goal so far back that it was returned for a touchdown. <laughs> That's how bad Virginia Tech was in that game. So please, I just...
1: I, God, please, college football coaches, invest in special teams. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much you need a good long snapper. Like, I can't. I just... I don't know how to impress upon that.
0: Yeah. Just knowing anymore. that the ball is going to get where it needs to go is so important. Yeah,
1: it's so important. It's so important. Um, so.
0: Yeah, it's – it, both teams are coming off hugely emotional weeks in two different yes. directions. One was the, the excitement of beating Virginia Tech, probably the second biggest one in program history, second only to the other time they beat Virginia Tech. Um, mm mm-hmm. And you, see you had the letdown of a game that everyone knows they should have won. They should have beaten a, the 13th ranked team in the country and very local rival. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you should have won it, but you lost it anyways, and it's tough. Uh, tough to bounce back and take Old Dominion and get up for that game the way you just got up for NC State. It just is. Uh, the crowd's not going to be as good inherently. Mm-hmm. Not be as excited, even if it's a sellout, they're not yeah. going to be as excited for the game. Uh, yeah. So- It's going to be a little bit different in the stadium, though Daddy Ficklin is always great. Uh, But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm interested by all those things. I think ECU's a much more talented team across the board. I think they're going to take, in the end, kind of exercise some demons from last week and really beat up Old Dominion physically. I
1: don't think it's going to be as uh, wide of a margin of victory as you think because... Um, Old Dominion is a good team, and they're one of the teams I think I am keeping an eye on this year because they're very, very gritty, and they're the kind of team, like you mentioned, Virginia Tech, shooting itself in the foot. Yeah, five turnovers. Uh, They're going to make you pay for it. So ECU, not traditionally
0: your boy goes that- doing great at virginia tech these days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but ECU not traditionally always safe with the ball. They have had their share of issues with turnovers. So unless you have a
0: that's
1: Unless you have a clean game, ECU if they don't have a clean game, Dominion is going to make them pay for it. So I think 12 and a half is way too many points. I think this if anything this is a one score game, uh touchdown or a field goal. I think it's going to be very close. Um I think old dominion is talented and they're very like they're detail oriented, you know, and they're going to come after you. If you fumble the ball, if you hesitate anything, they're going to hit you and they're going to make you pay for it. So if I'm ECU, I'm practicing safe football this week.
0: Yes. (laughs) I agree with that. I just didn't realize that Emily van Buskirk, Ricky Mm. Wayne, Stan out here, just pumping the Ricky rain experience onto us all.
1: Whatever. Um, I just, I like, I, you know, me, I love smaller programs that so get do I. We're, we're both elite.
0: here on the AAC podcast for a reason. You know?
1: That's exactly right. Um, so, and I just think old dominion has, I think they're, I think they're a well-coached team. I think they're good. And I think people should pay attention. Do I think they're going to be ECU? No, I'm going to pick ECU in this game, especially because it's at home. Um, but I do think I would, I would pick against that you know, the 12 and a half points. So I don't know how you say that in betting terms, but I don't think it's going to be that big of
0: a... You think Old Dominion's can't cover?
1: I think they're only You'll going think, to lose by Yeah,
0: you think Old Dominion can cover the spread. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I think, so... Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, we've got a few FCS games in a row to knock out here, so let's try to do that nice and quick. These are seven o'clock matchups. We start with Howard at USF. Just win. Just win. <laughs> And preferably win handily, if you're USF, you know.
1: Yeah. Howard's already 0-2, so I don't really.
0: Yeah, again, not a great uh, FCS team. No. I know you're not a great FBS team, South Florida. <laughs> them. You're so mean. I oh don't boy. know how that was mean. I think that was just perfectly honest. You have to okay. win this game. If you're just yeah, Johnny, I agree I with you. I legitimately think it's a fireball offense to lose this game. At this point So
1: you think you So then you're picking USF
0: Yeah, I am Out of All necessity right. I think if this well, like 24 to 21 As a final It's borderline fireable Even if USF wins
1: I don't so, I don't think They're gonna It's gonna be that close I think they'll definitely win By a touchdown Maybe two
0: If it's 28 20, I will
1: take that I will take it oh, I will take I it be, All right Moving on
0: USF, really by mm, that, that Moving on Moving on All right You're picking USF though yeah. Uh here's one for you. It's <laughs> sorry. It's Lamar at SMU. Yeah. Okay. What
1: do you, what do you think? <laughs> you know what's funny is uh until today when I looked up who SMU was playing and saw that it was Lamar, I didn't realize um Lamar existed. But no, no, I knew they existed. I I knew they existed because their head coach, Blaine Morgan, follows me on Twitter, and okay. so I I actually reached out to him today and was like, "Hey, like, are you excited for you know the game this week, coach?" And um, he has not written me back yet, so I will <laughs> I will keep you posted. No,
0: but
1: no, he did not yet. Um, but healthy, I healthy. I knew who the head coach was because when I saw Lamar, I was like, oh, Blaine Morgan. He follows me on Twitter. So um, nice. other than that, couldn't really tell you anything about how that's going to go other than probably SMU is going to drop 50 on them, I'm guessing.
0: Uh, same thing as Sincere and a state. Mm. Get in, take care of business, work on what you think you need to work on, get okay. out healthy, win by 50. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, I don't see... To me there's not a ton else to talk about on that one
1: okay yeah i mean i think
0: they 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 should kick the crap out of them yeah yep
1: um
0: third fcs game versus fbs in a row alcorn state at tulane uh (laughs) alcorn state legitimately could be better than umass but still i don't know how much we're going to learn about tulane this week because it's another team that you should just take care of business against, which is good, I actually think, for Tulane, because last year's out-of-conference schedule was grueling. You know, you had Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you, had Ole Miss, you had a very good uh, UAB team last year. And it, that mixed with the Hurricane set a very bad tone for the season. A couple mm-hmm. easy start this year I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to get your feet under you to get some confidence back if you're Tulane. So, yeah, I mean, get your confidence back a little bit more. Feel good about yourself going into week three.
1: The Alcorn State Braves um, have lost four of their last seven road games, so not incredibly inspiring on on that front. But their quarterback is named Aaron Allen, which love great a firsty-lasty. Yeah, Dude. always great. But unfortunately, he's only completing 46% of his passes. I don't love um, that. So far this season. So, uh Yeah. And he is interception prone. So what we can hope and hope to see in this game, we can hope to see Tulane's defense get involved on the scoring side and maybe get get those, yeah, some turnovers, some chaos, get the cornerbacks and the safeties involved and feeling good about themselves. So hopefully it'll be
0: a feel good. Pin your ears back and feel good about the game afterwards. Uh, Yes. Yeah. What else is there to say? I got Tulane. You got uh, Alcorn? Yeah,
1: I'm – Yep. No, nope, I'm taking Tulane. Stop it! How dare you? <laughs> um. Yeah. We okay. Last game.
0: Yeah, it's Northern this one Illinois. is
1: interesting.
0: It is. It really is. It's Northern Illinois at Tulsa. Uh, tell me, what do you think of Northern Illinois, who made some noise in the math last season?
1: Yeah, they've they're a very interesting football program, and I got to know one of their quarterbacks. Um, not this draft, but the last draft. And so I kind of like, I didn't like dive into it, but I got a little immersed in, in the uh, Northern Illinois Husky culture. They're, they're, they're a decent football team. They've already won one game. So they're, you know, they've seven point a win over
0: Eastern Illinois though. Getting... They
1: did, but that's, that's like yeah. a, in the Illinois world, it's like a rivalry game. So, you know, in it's going to be
0: a world. This yeah.
1: The Illinois world. Northern Illinois versus Eastern Illinois. It's like a a Disney movie.
0: I mean, that's like USF's new rival, the University of West Florida.
1: I think that at least they're coming off a win. Tulsa's coming off a overtime loss that they shouldn't have lost. So I don't know which one's worse. I mean... Barely beating a team you should beat or losing to a team in just like terrible fashion at the end of the game. They should have
0: beaten. You should always... Go with the win there.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think mm-hmm. um, the win's the better place to be. Um, I don't know. I, I'm Definitely point, picking I Tulsa. Know, like, okay, it's okay.
1: at home. You
0: know, yeah, they I had a ton, a ton of one-score games last year. That were yeah. just difficult to win games, and usually there's this kind of national dialogue about Nebraska and Scott Frost about how, like, at some point these close games you're going to have to win some just by like chance mm-hmm. because statistically it says a one score game is a lot left to chance more than anything else and then yeah and that's kind of skews the opposite direction for Northern Illinois at some point all your one score games you're going to start losing if you look at big picture so I think this is gonna be a close game I do because that's just what Northern Illinois does in recent years is they play close games doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are I do think Tulsa's got a little bit more firepower on the offensive side of the ball so they can hold them. Uh, a
1: little bit, a lot more. I think Tulsa's offense is like vastly superior. Okay. Okay that's what i think and they're only they're favored by six i think that's just i think it's going to be a two-score game for tulsa
0: don't lose to wyoming if you don't if you want to be favored by more than six <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah but they put up 460 yards on wyoming i mean look at the score of the game i feel like it's disrespectful to think they're
0: i've got concerns you about know, the tulsa defense right now for getting them into that's
1: it. Uh, that's a little bit fair that's fair but look at the majority of what went wrong in the game for them with Wyoming was special teams related and was mistake riddled. So you're gonna take Philip Montgomery, who is, you know, like a drill sergeant a little bit, but like in a good way. And uh, you have to imagine that he's gonna try and iron out all of those kinks this week. I think we're gonna see a more disciplined, better kicking team in Tulsa on Saturday. So that's what I believe. And if I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, and it won't be the last time, but that's what I think.
0: Bill so well, Montgomery
1: doesn't stand for that kind of sloppiness. Okay.
0: So you're choosing Tulsa.
1: I'm choosing Tulsa. You're not taking Northern Illinois.
0: I'm flip flopping right now.
1: Oh, I don't I don't do it. I don't trust you. Never Tulsa. take risks, so I would love for you to take one. Here. I know that's why I get a better pick record than you. Yeah, but it's not fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't trust Tulsa right now.
1: Well, good. Then
0: take Northern Illinois. Yeah, Northern
1: Illinois. Yeah! (laughs) Now we're invested in this game.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't trust them right now. I don't trust the defense. I don't trust the running game. I frankly don't trust Northern Illinois out of conference play because they don't look good in that most years. I mean, That's fair. There's a lot lot of
1: reasons. They've given you a lot of reasons not to trust them, but I'm just telling you I trust Phil Montgomery and I just feel like they're going to get it together for this week. So sure. We'll see. Are you doing running tally or are we just doing each weekly tally?
0: I'm going to do a running tally. Okay. So
1: what was your
0: last week? I had a nine and two record and you had a five and six record. So that's our first, uh, not great to start the year. Um, so you're just going
1: to add to those totals. Like,
0: yeah, I'm going to keep track of it. I've got a, okay. I know I've got mine
1: but I have it's the wrong one
0: I'm gonna I have a yellow one I'll get it all right we're all good um all right (laughs) I think we do have one other kind of interesting game just you and me personally Marshall's at Notre Dame this week
1: oh that's right
0: yeah you're a big Marshall uh Marshall fan uh Uh,
1: I am I am used
0: to cover Notre Dame uh and grew up a Notre Dame fan when I was a little kid because I was Irish Catholic in Massachusetts and that's what you do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you can't care at all about college football um yeah uh, be I think, yeah I don't know if it's it. Notre
1: Dame Notre Dame's a better team than Marshall yeah. like 100% I mean and that was clearly evident in this Ohio State game where I knew that was going to happen because Ohio State always plays like shit in that first game at home I've seen it firsthand when Oregon beat them so I was like mm-hmm. oh this is this is right. I didn't think they were going to win, but I was yeah. actually very impressed with Marcus Freeman in his first year there, yeah. and especially yeah. in a big game like that. That was impressive. It
0: would have helped Notre Dame's offense a lot if their uh, captain on the offensive line and captain in the wide receiver room didn't both miss the game with injury. Mm. would have helped. Yeah. Not to say that it necessarily means it would have been a win, but maybe you would have had a little bit more of a push on offense. Who knows? Uh, well, they're yeah. favored
1: by 20 points <laughs> against Marshall. I think that's I fair.
0: <laughs> I think they I think Notre Dame covers, but yeah.
1: Yeah. No, fun. I I Marshall is good, but they're not that good. So that's fine. Um, the real game I'm excited about. Well, two USC Stanford play um on they Saturday, which before. yep, they always play week two lately. It's very been strange, but
0: yeah, this was a, Stanford, lot, this was a lot of conference this week like Florida Kentucky's this week?
1: Yeah, there actually are. I was surprised. But Stanford's coming off a very subpar game against Colgate where they managed
0: yeah. they managed
1: to botch a punt return that Colgate then chased down the end zone for a score.
0: I'd be lying if I said I watched a second of Stanford Colgate.
1: That's fine. You didn't have to.
0: I did, so you didn't have to. But I do know that Colgate's a pretty good FCS program.
1: Yeah, they were actually very impressive. They had – their quarterback was a great runner. They had a good running back. Um, They made Stanford look pretty stupid in the first half. And I will say this, the Stanford of old with the Tunnel Workers Union and the really gritty, you know, hard-nosed lines, no more. No more. The defensive line couldn't stop me if i were running through it okay so this usc game is going to be very difficult all right for
0: I qu- no, i've got a question yeah uh emily what's your go-to uh pass rush move this <laughs> yeah. one move, spin <laughs> move full rush what are we looking at here lol
1: it's gonna be a full it's gonna be a full full tilt
0: Fulfill bull
1: rush. Yeah, going yeah, just, rush. <laughs> yeah I'm gonna bull rush them. I'm, I'm going at them. Um, I I gotta get momentum going. That's what I have for myself is my momentum, just <laughs> going at somebody. But I I just think it's interesting that USC is favored by nine in this game, and I think it's going to be a more than a lot more than that. Just so people are aware. Um, but the game that I'm gonna be at, which is hopefully not that one because I hope my flights get together, is I'm heading to Auburn to watch Ooh. the Tigers take on. Ooh. San Jose State, which is going to be terrible, probably, but... I don't
0: know that it's going to be as bad for San Jose State as I think you might. You you think? I mean, I don't think San Jose State's like going to win the Mountain West or anything, but I think Auburn's dysfunctional.
1: Auburn's favored by 23, which I think is pretty disrespectful to a Brent Brennan-coached San Jose State team. They're decent, but they're not, you know, they're Mountain West. They're not... Auburn's still an SEC team, but yes, there's a lot of dysfunction going on there. So I'm very interested to see it up close in person. I've never been to Jordan O'Hare Stadium, so I'm very excited to, to check it out. Hopefully, fingers crossed, my flights work and I get there. If not, I'll be at Stanford USA. That's my backup. So
0: awesome. I mean, Make sure, UC, I guess if you want to watch a murder.
1: Yeah. Well, if you're a Stanford fan, you know, you you don't want to. And, th- and that's fine because there won't be anyone there because there was maybe 3,000 people at the Colgate game total.
0: So I they announced more.
1: Oh, I'm sure they did, but I was there and I could count everybody that was in the stadium. No, so. it's
0: fine. It's like
1: But know. Andrew Luck will be there on Saturday and he will be receiving his like Hall of Fame honors. And I'm hoping that he just takes over coaching <laughs> at some point. Just like put him on the field, throw him in a headset. Let's go.
0: I know that we're on the how long does David Shaw last might be forever. Somehow watch at Stanford mm. for you. Um, the kind of apathetic, let him keep going decision-making.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if you could replace him with any coach right now, who would it be? Andrew Luck. Okay, coach. He's not no,
1: Andrew, Andrew Luck.
0: Okay. I wanna you can't
1: that. replace a Stanford head coach with somebody that doesn't understand the Stanford culture. So by default – John it has to. Be, I mean, if you could get John Elway to come out and coach, I'll, I would gladly have him. But I'm telling you, the most likely candidate and the person that should take the job is Andrew Luck.
0: Is he even coaching at like the high school level right now?
1: It does not matter. He's Andrew Maybe. Luck. It, it doesn't matter. Bad. They have an offensive coordinator who, God bless him, I love to Vita Pritchard, but he's never coached anywhere in his life. He was a quarterback at Stanford, he was a grad assistant at Stanford. And now he's offensive coordinator within a five year span or so.
0: I'm gonna give you So do you
1: really think pedigree like or resume matters at that point? Like I mean give Andrew Luck a headset and get him in the game.
0: You could try making it matter. You could try getting someone like a Mike Elko type who's got like academic school experience.
1: No. It's like I I don't know how to explain this to people who don't understand Stanford, but it's the same with the basketball program. Okay. When Johnny Dawkins, who was terrible for Stanford, he was bad at Stanford, but he's doing fine now. But he just he didn't understand the culture.
0: Is he doing fine
1: now? Oh, I don't know. He was. Is he is he on the down now?
0: I mean, there's. It was
1: ba- It's bound to happen because that's his there's mo. There's a so. debate
0: among UCF fans about whether or not he's capable of leading the team into the Big Twelve.
1: Which yeah, is probably. That's a fair. i would say it's a fair. That is a fair question because I've AAC, been through seven AAC years of AAC him.
0: Coach. He's a pretty good AAC coach. He can get you to the tournament every few seasons once they're, they're yeah. all seniors in the big 12 against Kansas. Well,
1: when he was our power five coach, we went to the tournament one time in the seven years he was there. So good luck with that. Um, But it's the same thing with the basketball program. And this is why I was pushing when they were replacing him for a guy like Matt Loddick, who's the head coach of Valparaiso, who played at Stanford, or even Mark Madsen, you know, who coached with the Lakers. And I think he's now at um, Utah State or something like that. But guys who have played in the program, who understand the school and what it takes to recruit that kind of athlete and who understand the culture—that's who you need in there. You can't just hire, you know, somebody from Kansas or somebody, you know, coached under. Uh,
0: I just want to get. I, I would just want someone who also has coaching experience. I can. I see where you're saying where you want the native son who knows the place.
1: It really just like doesn't. It doesn't matter. Toby right Gerhardt,
0: now because Stanford head coach.
1: Oh, Toby Gerhart. <laughs> he could be. He could be a running backs coach.
0: Like, okay, that's actually a dream. We're, McCaffrey gonna
1: do. No, he's not coming back. I told you he's never going to. He doesn't go back. So what's he, Luke
0: McCaffrey going to do? No,
1: he didn't go to Stanford. Um,
0: everywhere else.
1: <laughs> I'm saying, OK, I like this. So Andrew Luck's the head coach. Bring in Toby Gerhardt for the running backs. I think Jim Plunkett comes in as like a special advisor just to kind of be on the sideline as like a figure person. But like, you know, mm. just let just let him like give his wisdom. These days. But
0: how old is Jim? He's fun? pretty old.
1: He's pretty old. I see him occasionally at games and stuff. And they, they, he comes out to stuff all the time because he likes to be around the, the program, the, the Stanford people. But yeah. So right. anyways, too much Stanford talk. Let's it's its fine. Is it too much? Stanford That's where I'll be.
0: Hard to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but make sure you follow along on social media for all of the behind stuff at the game. And just tweet at us and let us know if you agree or disagree with our picks. I am at MLM on Twitter and Instagram, E-M-I-L-N-E-M.
0: And you can find me at at Dan underscore Morrison 96 on Twitter.
1: Perfect. Make sure you follow us.
0: Absolutely. And we'll We'll see see
1: you next week. week. Yeah. Oh, jinx. Gotcha.